Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Tom Holland revealed how he used to make himself look taller on red carpets. Adele's new album is finally here, and it's definitely not aimed at Gen Z. And we're talking to BuzzFeed News' Katie Natopoulos about the return of MoviePass. It's November 19th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. We know we usually focus more on pop culture and trends, but we would be remiss if we didn't address the trial verdict today. Earlier today, Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with five felonies, including murdering two people in Kenosha, Wisconsin last summer, was found not guilty of all charges. This is incredibly upsetting to us, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners. For anyone following this case, this might feel like a gross miscarriage of justice. The fact that a 17-year-old crossed state lines with an assault rifle to where a protest was taking place, killed two people, and will not face any consequences. As Trevor Noah said on The Daily Show, Nobody drives into a city with guns because they love someone else's business that much. That's some bullshit. No one has ever thought, oh, it's my solemn duty to pick up a rifle and protect that TJ Maxx. They do it because they're hoping to shoot someone. All right. With that said, it's time to move on to today's show. In case you missed it, Adele's new album, 30, is out and it's already getting rave reviews because of course it is. However, in a recent interview with Apple Music, Adele revealed that while recording the album, the topic of making sure her music would end up on TikTok kept coming up, but she wasn't interested in that. That's the other thing, as we were wrapping it up with the mixing and all of that, the conversation of TikTok came up a lot, right? So I'm like, TikTok who? But they're like, you know, we've really got to make sure these 14-year-olds know who you are. And I'm like, but they've all got mums. They've all got mums. And they've definitely been growing up listening to my music, these 14-year-olds and stuff like that. But it was like... If everyone's making music for the TikTok, who's making the music for my generation? Who's making the music for my peers? I will do that job, gladly. I'd rather cater to people that have, like, are on my level in terms of, like, the amount of time we've spent on Earth and all the things we've been through than... I don't want 12-year-olds listening to this record. It's a bit too deep. Casey. I love this so much. And listen, I have so much respect for Gen Z. They are correct-minded about pretty much everything, and I've learned a lot from them. However, 
I'm pretty over this thing of like millennials desperately trying to appeal to Gen Z and like come off as cool to them. Like, I don't care about being chuji or whatever the hell it's called. I, I'm glad that we still have pop queens who are making music for us. No, it makes sense. It's specifically for Adele. I mean, she literally, the, her albums are her age. So we are going with her on her journey. And yeah, I get what she's saying. She's talking to people that have been on the earth the same amount of time because she's going through a divorce. And yeah, a lot of 14-year-olds aren't going through divorce right now. Right. Yeah. You know, I haven't listened to the album yet. I am waiting until I have like a good 12 hour block where I don't have to talk to anyone <laughs> because I know I'm going to feel some feelings about it. I know. I, I'm like, I need to be in a good mental space because I saw one tweet that was something like, um, I'm single right now, but I need to go and get divorced so I can really <laughs> take this album in. <laughs> Honestly, totally worth it. All right. In other news, in his recent GQ interview, Tom Holland talked about feeling insecure about his height to the point that he used to have certain tricks for looking taller on red carpets. Tom, who is 5'8", said he's not only used shoe lifts, but has also stood closer to photographers than other people taking photos with him so as to appear taller. Now he doesn't worry so much about his height, preferring to focus on things he can control. Oh, I love this growth for him. I, oh. Growth. Casey. <laughs> his pun was, was that, not was intended. Purpose? No, it literally wasn't intended. I like clasped my hands over my mouth. I literally, that was not, I meant it like very genuinely because, you know, I mean, this society has chosen to hate many things. You know, they've decided to hate height and fat people for no reason. So it's very just like they've decided that taller people are better, especially men. And I'm like, Tom Holland cannot control that. And I don't want him to have to wear shoe lifts. No, not at all. Also, Tom Holland is one of the sexiest men on the planet. And by the way, uh, I don't think he would have gotten Spider-Man if he was like, you know, six foot five. You know, <laughs> that, that's a role for a man of short athletic stature which is what he yes. is so. but Good i do you, love Tom. him saying like focusing on things he can control because uh that's all you can do in this life amen all right moving on if you heard the news that movie pass is coming back and thought what the hell we're right there with you fortunately we're joined today by buzzfeed news's katie natopolis who's going to break down everything we know about the rise fall and possible new rise of movie pass Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Steven and I are very excited. Yes. We both loved Movie Pass. May she <laughs> like rest to, in peace. <laughs> may she rest in peace. May she not rest in peace because she has been reborn. You did a lot of coverage about Movie Pass back when it essentially imploded a few years ago. Can you give us a quick recap of what exactly Movie Pass is and what happened to it? Sure. So the idea was. It seems simple and great and easy, which is you buy this monthly pass that was a low, low price of, I think, $10 a month initially. It, it eventually fluctuated over time, but it's about $10 a month, and you could essentially have unlimited movie tickets for it. And if this sounds too good to be true, it obviously was. This was not a financially sound plan. You know, the idea with any sort of subscription service like this is it's kind of like, you know, you know, best case scenario, it's kind of like a gym membership where the people who go very often, you know, are balanced out by the people who pay the full month's membership, but only show up once. The problem was, was that so many people were just abusing this system because it was so easy. And one of the things I wrote about was, I found a bunch of people who had really just 
gone ham on it. Um, people who were, you know, they would walk by a movie theater and say, oh, you know, I really got to use the bathroom. And they would just use their app to like buy a ticket and go and use the bathroom, not even see the movie. You weren't supposed to be able to do it with friends and stuff like that, but people were always sort of flouting the rules. And so there was this sort of brief period where the business seemed great and it was, you know, sort of this hot stock and people were thinking, wow, this movie pass is really picking up steam. You know, it's got this loyal fan base. Lots of people are loving it. They're buzzing about it. They're talking about it. People are signing up all the time, you know, and then there was the fall. And obviously this was not a financially sustainable thing. You know, the stock price cratered once people realized that like, oh my God, this is never going to make money. It's not going to work. And along that fall, it was sort of plagued with a bunch of problems where one thing that the company did was it sort of secretly was, you know, throttling the amount of tickets people could get. So it would sort of purposely make the app buggy so that people were trying to get their tickets and couldn't because there were all these weird bugs and quirks and it wasn't really working and there's tons and tons of customer service problems. People signed up and were waiting for their passes to get activated, but they weren't getting activated for months and months. It was, it was just like a mess. And eventually, you know, the company essentially went belly up and we are back to you know, a world in which we have to pay for our movie tickets. Okay. So I have to admit, I, <laughs> I was one of those people who was very much abusing the system. I mean, Casey can vouch. I was going desk to desk in the BuzzFeed offices and forcing people to sign up. Cause I was like, I'm telling you, I'm charging these people hundreds of dollars a month and I'm paying 10, but I kind of knew that we were on borrowed time with this thing. You know, like it was like something you had to get in while the getting was good. And I, when it died, I think most of us thought that was pretty much like the end, especially since so many movie theaters, including like the big chains like Regal and AMC, launched their own subscription plans. But then earlier this month, one of the original co-founders, Stacey Spikes, announced that he was resurrecting MoviePass. What was your initial reaction when you heard that news? Um, you know, it's a little bit, you know, that meme of a crab holding a cigarette being like, haven't heard that name in a long time. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, right now the movie theater business is so confusing, right? Like the pandemic has completely obliterated everything that we thought we knew about how this business operates. Um, you know, and sort of just before that it was being, completely like movie pass had really unsettled things. And, you know, in, in the interim, one of the things that happened during the pandemic was all these big streaming platforms started doing, you know, big releases on streaming at the same time as theatrical releases, which really hurt the theaters, but you know, the theaters were closed. So it's, I don't know what movie pass in 2022 could look like. Maybe it would work. <laughs> okay. I, I want, I want to know more about that, that <laughs> sound you made at the end. I mean, do you, how, why do you think it could work? I think it could work if movie theaters are having such a problem getting butts in seats that they are willing to, you know, take massive, discounting to encourage people to come back to the theaters, essentially. Like if part of the hurdle right now is people are either scared because of COVID stuff still, which, you know, pe plenty of people are still, you know, I wouldn't, you know, Hey, I'm not going to go to a theater. Plenty of people might have said, well, you know, I, I have everything I need on streaming. I don't need to go see that theater. So it, it could be a good way to, you know, incentivize people to come back. 
you know, I think the most passionate movie fans who were the people who were really, you know, seeing five movies a month, I, I bet those people are already kind of going back. I, you know, I have friends who are, you know, they're just, they love the theater experience and they've been going to movies, you know, this for as long as the theaters have reopened, essentially. No, I mean, and it is hard, the timing of it, because it's like, okay, yes, one on the one hand, yeah, maybe that's a good idea to get more people in the seats. But it's like you said, we're in a pandemic right now, and some people aren't, you know, a lot of people aren't going back, especially with the streaming and stuff. So on the other hand, do you think it's brave or foolhardy to relaunch a movie subscription service that already failed in the middle of a pandemic? I think it can be both. It can yes, be both okay. brave and foolhardy. There's no reason it can't be both. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's both. I am very curious to see what happens. I mean, I think everybody who enjoys movies and culture, you know, wants the theater business to succeed. You know, there's plenty of people who, you know, maybe don't go to the movies as often as they used to because, you know, hey, Netflix is more convenient. But those people still want movies and theaters to be profitable, you know, because movie theaters being profitable means that movies are profitable, which means that more movies can get made, which means that you can watch more movies, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a stack of dominoes and movie theaters being profitable is, is a piece of it. All right. We'll be right back with Katie Natopoulos to talk all things movie pass. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. Whoa. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I, I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it, odds are you'll find me there. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. <laughs> We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? 
please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed News' Katie Natopoulos about the impending return of MoviePass. So, in 2017, MoviePass lowered its subscription price to $10 a month, which you mentioned, which led to the now infamous surge of everyone in the country, mostly me, getting it and seeing as many movies as possible, which then tanked the company. A lot of those subscribers were new, but then some of them had been with the app for a long time, including one of our producers who signed up back in like 2013. But after this whole debacle, it really felt like the MoviePass brand was destroyed. I mean, they started doing all these tactics that felt like sneaky and underhanded and they were like intentionally sometimes seemingly crashing the app. Do you think people will trust MoviePass again after all that happened? I think that the MoviePass brand, as you say, is not a trustworthy brand to name to people. To anyone who had MoviePass, there is probably this weird fondness of, hey, remember when we were getting away with that crazy scam? Because I think anyone who used it kind of knew it was a little bit of a scam. You know, the numbers didn't work. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, everyone who was using it was like, I love this because I'm kind of getting something for free. Considering how bad the customer service issues got, you know, they were sort of changing prices, they were imposing arbitrary limits towards the end, you know, that weren't clearly communicated to people who had signed up. I mean, people really, they alienated some of their loyal customers, including people who had signed up, you know, much, much earlier on. I can't imagine that the brand name feels trustworthy, but I don't know, would you sign up again? No, I would not. Stephen has has been talking about this all week. Stephen, please explain why you would not sign up. This is this was always the deal from the minute I signed up. I knew it wouldn't last in its current form. And I knew that the second that I started having to pay more money, I was going to drop it. You know what I mean? So assuming that they're not coming back with the same model of $10 a month unlimited movies, assuming it's a little bit more like, I guess you could say skewed fairly towards MoviePass, like I don't want to do that. You know, for me, the rush of MoviePass was getting a ton of stuff for free. I, yeah. I think that's where I am too, because to be honest, I think the only reason I would go with movie pass is if the deal is somehow better for me than like the AMC pass. Yeah. Do you think that the passes encourage you to go to movies more often than you would otherwise? For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've never spent so much time at the Grove in Los Angeles than I did in those blissful few months. I was going <laughs> More than I care to admit to these podcast listeners, but it was it was getting absurd. (laughs) Okay, so one final question, you know, obviously none of us know a whole lot about the inner workings of a service like this, but I'd say you probably know a little bit more about MoviePass than most people. Other than not making it ten dollars a month, which Stacey Spikes has already said they won't be doing. What would you do if you were in charge of the MoviePass relaunch? I think, you know. It really needs to have a functional, I mean, a, a functional app and a really like clear and like good customer service, really. And sort of leading with that upfront and making that like a selling point, like we have great customer service because that is, you know, sort of one of the flip sides to what MoviePass used to be, um, you know, being able to actually have someone help you when there's a problem, I think 
that would be a big selling point to people who had felt burned before. Mm -hmm, Definitely. All right. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, not all music needs to be for Gen Z. No, it does not. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Frank Capello, and Jess Goodwin. Special thanks to Erica Nedanine and Samantha Hennig. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You've always had the feeling that there's something strange about reality. According to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, there is. On the show, hosts Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick examine neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and much more. Prosthetics are true testaments to not only human craftsmanship and ingenuity, but also to the plasticity of the human brain. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo.